0: My guest today serves as an inspiration to thousands. She has, in the face of adversity, risen to the challenge and gone above and beyond and created an incredible business. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to 7 is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Elaine Tan Como knows the ups and downs of being a mom entrepreneur. She is a sought-after keynote speaker, an author, and the CEO and founder of Easy Daisies Limited. She went from being a schoolteacher to accidentally inventing a children's product launched off her kitchen table right after her third baby was born, to CEO and founder of one of Dragon Stan's favorite pitches, Easy Daisies, which incited a bidding war among all five dragons. She's also the winner of Kevin Harrington's Pitch Tank. She's been featured in Forbes, McLean's, CBC, Fox, CTV, Canadian Business Magazine, Parents Magazine, and The Financial Post, to name a few. Elaine was awarded the 2014 Canadian Mompreneur of the Year, Chamber of Commerce Award for Excellence in Business, is a five-time nominee for RBC Women of Influence Award, and has multiple articles published in several editions of the university textbook Educational Psychology. Her company, Easy Daisies, has won 14 awards, including 2021's Kids Product of the Year by Creative Child Magazine, and was announced as one of the 2018 Top 10 Most Innovative Companies by Small Business BC. Elaine loves supporting women in business through speaking on stages, through her podcast, Create Better, Elaine's Kitchen Table, The Business of Real Life, and through her book, Sell Your Passion. She just co-authored the Classroom Ready Kindergarten Activity Book launching in 2022. Elaine is honored to have opportunities to give back. She is a spokesperson for Heart and Stroke Foundation, a member of the Marketing Advisory Council for Douglas College, a member of the Revolution Her Advisory Board, a patron for the ANCA Naturally Autistic World Festival and served five years as the West Coast leader of Mompreneurs Canada. You will also see her as a regular guest parenting and educational expert on CTV Morning Live, Global, and 1130 News. And so when I say if you're looking for a little inspiration today and you're looking to see how someone continued to evolve and grow her business in the face of adversity... Then, this is an episode that you don't want to miss. I love when we have women on this podcast who not only have achieved great things, but I also know personally and have known for a long time. so I've been able to be privy to the journey to empiredom, if you will. And my guest today, Elaine Tan Como, is just one of those women. Elaine and I met about eight years ago when she was the winner of the 2014 Mompreneur of the Year Award. And I think I was speaking at that conference or I had a small, I don't remember. I've spoken at that conference. It's not around anymore, but I've spoken at it many, many times. And it's interesting because I was thinking about it the other day and I've spoken on that stage as an entrepreneur who's in the best spot possible. I've spoken on that stage when I had two pennies to rub together and barely had two pennies. I've stood on that stage when I stepped back into a job for a little bit while I regrouped and repositioned. And the one constant was that community of women. And Elaine, you were a part of Mompreneurs for quite a while, and first off, let me just start by saying welcome and thank you for joining us today. I know that you're an incredibly busy woman and that you're fitting us in today. You're about to receive a huge shipment that's about to go out to a huge company that you sell with, so thank you for taking the time today.
1: Thank you, Sheila, for having me. I'm just thrilled to, to be a part of your podcast.
0: Well, one of the things we'll put in the show notes is the link to me being a guest on your podcast. We had the most awesome conversation about goal setting. And so we're going to make sure to promote At the Kitchen Table with Elaine Tan Como. And we'll put the episode in the show notes. But bring us back to that 2014, you know, and to this concept. Tell us about Easy Daisies. But really, how did you get from where you were to having this Easy Daisies, which has had an incredible journey over the last eight to 10 years.
1: It has been a journey for sure. 10 years, 10 years ago, that's when it started. And I was a classroom teacher. I fall in love with my kids every year. My grade two class sang at my wedding. Now they're old and they find me on Twitter and it's it's crazy. And I knew that there was so much working against my kids when one in six come with uh, learning disabilities, one and four with anxiety issues, one in five with mental health issues. And so, so many other numbers working against children. And for many years, I had parents come up to me and say, you know, Miss Como, can you create that visual schedule that you have in the front of your classroom for my kids at home? I just need Ethan to get out the door faster in the morning. I, I just need Elizabeth to just get out the door faster in the morning or know what to do after school. And of course, I I love my kids. I drew every single illustration simple enough for even non-readers to understand, whether they're two or twelve. And so studies will show that kids as young as preschool age benefit from visual schedules. They they just cooperate better, they are less anxious, all because they can see and predict what is happening next. And so I made these visual schedules by parent demand for years. I, I'm gonna say eight years. I made these for free, and I thought you know there's gotta be a a product here because there's definitely the market. And I did the research and discovered that there wasn't a product out there that was a daily visual schedule. So I saved up by selling crafts and tutoring and I saved up that first $1,400 I needed and I launched... Easy Daisies. It's called Easy Daisies because it's created to help kids have easier days. So it's a play on words. I launched it two days after our third baby was born because that's always a good time to do it.
0: (laughs) Well, why not? (laughs) I mean, you know, nothing like launching a new product when you're coursing with hormones and your body hurts. Yeah. (laughs) That's around when I started too, actually. (laughs) Oh,
1: good. Yeah, it is. (laughs) When it was launched, it it became the number one back-to-school must-have in Parents Magazine and other media. And then retailers started to call, and then it went into two stores, 20 stores. And then at one point off our kitchen table, as high as 1,500 stores from our kitchen table, it was very crazy. Uh, we had a small townhouse. It looked like Costco when you walked in. I, I had, like, at one point, 11, 4x4 pallets crammed into our townhouse. It was insane. Yes, I can go on. I have so many stories. Well,
0: we're going to get started. some of them. <laughs> I love it. Now, tell me about that first 1400 What did you need that money for in order to launch?
1: It was for manufacturing. So by by manufacturing, I say that very loosely because <laughs> I was assembling them off our kitchen table. So that was our first business that we started off the kitchen table, hence the name of my podcast, Elaine's Kitchen Table. But it was me drawing and creating uh, PDF files and that and I would send them across the country because I'm in BC, British Columbia, and I would send them to a company in Ontario, and they would print them onto 500,000 magnets. Then I would order boxes from another place. My husband would; his companies they print things, so we printed inserts. And then I would sit and fold. And at one point, I had six stay-at-home moms, and we they would take home boxes into their minivans, fold, assemble, and then I would ship. And so that. Was the first $1,400 of wow. printing magnets and shipping them across the country. Uh huh. <laughs> How did you get into that first store? That is an excellent question. So you, you do have to take risks, right? You have to be ready to, to hear no and that's okay. And you know, it's not personal. It's not like you are being rejected. You, you have to be grateful if a store says no because you know, it, it might not be meant to be there and that's okay. So how I started is actually I did walk into a local children's store. That was just a small mom and pop store. Actually, it was run by two moms. I asked them if they would like to try selling my product called Easy Daisies because it would be beneficial to their clientele who are moms looking for help with structure and routine because it's very important to make sure they understand why they should carry it. Not, It's not for you. They don't care about... You, they care about making money. And so to make it completely safe for that first store, I said, let's, we can sell on consignment. So you, you don't have to pay for anything and you get money when it sells. So that's how I started with my first store. My second store, the toy store owner asked me to come meet her at her home and I arrived with, you know, a a bassinet because I had a baby and I showed it to her and she loved it. And then she was a toyologist that was on a regular morning TV show. And she shared it there as well. And it sold very well in her store. So that's how I started. You just have to go and ask. And when I advise people, I would say, start with your own small radius and perfect it. And the beauty of working with a very small radius is you get to learn a lot. You get to perfect it. And when it sells well, because your goal is to help somebody else sell it well. And it's your job to do that when you start out, especially because when you can succeed in selling it well in that small radius, then you could duplicate it and then your radius expands. So very important to start small.
0: I think that's, there's so much in there for any kind of business. You know, you're talking about a product business and you know, that's super helpful, but even for the service based businesses, a lot of people forget to fine tune the processes before they start to grow and. If they don't have that well-oiled machine and they keep adding more and more clients onto it, things start to get lost and things to fall apart. And one of the things that we talk about is you growth isn't always adding more. Growth is often strengthening and making more efficient what it is that you have. And so I love that you're saying that goes for product for sure. Let's make sure that it's selling like hotcakes before we try and go for Global domination.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yes, I hear lots of wonderful, ambitious people who I do consulting as well, and they, they have said, "Okay, well, I want to sell in USA, and I want to sell in Australia," and they haven't sold the products yet. So that's very wonderful to have great goals, but you need to establish a great system first. Start small, and you know, what? I I'm I learned the hard way too, and when I first started. And I was making these off our kitchen table. And I did sell to a, a large chain retailer. They don't consider themselves mass retail, but they pretty much are. And and it was great in that they got this first place, this first large order. In fact, their second order was larger than the first. And then I couldn't fulfill because I, I didn't have any way to make the product fast enough. And, and that was a, a very harsh lesson learned because I'm not an ever dealer anymore. And so you, you do need to have systems in place so that you are ready for the big ones. Yeah.
0: You know, I keep hearing about the difficulties with supply chain right now with the pandemic oh and the impact. And, you know, here you are, Designing some things at home, sending the designs to Ontario, waiting on them to be printed here, sending them back, getting your boxes from somewhere, probably stickers from somewhere else. Like that's, and that's reality. That's the way it worked. That's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you streamline that so that you could take those larger orders? And I hear you, like not being able to fulfill probably in the moment hurt. <laughs> it would have gotten. Yes, but horrible. You, what did you do different, or how did you fix that so that you had the supply chain to handle the volume?
1: It was truly a learning process. There is no such thing as an overnight success. <laughs> it's truly through years of learning and experience, and learning again from new experiences. But one of the blessings early on in my journey was I, I strongly believe that one of the keys in success in business is relationships and building great relationships. And it is those relationships that will carry you through in business. Even if you're not working with that client anymore or, or that company anymore, the world is small and the reach is far in good relationships. And so when I was feeling the stress and overwhelm of all these small businesses, uh, retailers that are selling my product. And I thought, you know, I was, my first degree was pre-med. My second degree was education. Not one course covered distribution or manufacturing or marketing or sales. And I thought, oh my goodness. Well, I can't do all this on my own. And I had this great conversation with that second retailer that, that I met with a, a baby in hand at her home. And she was selling my product quite well. And I asked her, I said, you know, is there a way that I could do this differently? And she's like, well, she goes, get a distributor. And I thought, what? How do I do this? And she said, I have a favorite distributor. And then she kindly emailed an introduction between that distributor and myself. And he didn't hear back right away. And when I did, it was very harsh, abrupt, and very, matter of factly, he was uh, a definite brilliant, wise businessman. And he said, why the hell do you want me to sell your product? (laughs) And he said, he goes, will you even make any money from it? And all great questions. And there's more. And so he was, I think he was at an airport when he was writing this. and And he said, you know, I'm actually going to be in Vancouver on this date of this weekend. And And he said, why don't we meet for dinner? And I said, great, can I bring my my husband and I would love to meet you? And I said, we'll take you out for dinner. And one thing people need to always remember is is gratitude. Of course, I'm so grateful. Of course, I'm going to take this gentleman out for dinner. I'm always blown away by lack of gratitude that I see in life. But I'm very big on gratitude. And so this gentleman met with us and he listened to our story. And he said, okay, well, this is great, Elaine. It sounds like you have a good product. But it doesn't sound like you would make any money if I sold it because I need to make a cut. And he goes, so this is what it looks like. And you would be paying me to sell your product and you would not make anything. He goes, you need these things. You need a sales team and you need to get off your kitchen table and have offshore manufacturing. And we met him on a Sunday night for dinner. And his son was getting married that following Saturday. And before that Saturday happened, he email introduced me to his favorite manufacturer from offshore. And he gave me two of his sales reps from his team. He said he didn't want anything. He said, just pay them commission and they would just work for me. And let's just go with that. And I was blown away. Like I am still so grateful to this gentleman and he is incredible and amazing. And those are the people who highlight my life, like th- these are the highlights, like this gentleman, there's few and far between, unfortunately, but this is one of those people that blew me away. I, I don't have the sales reps anymore, but I did utilize them for a few years and actually maybe two years and it was maybe one year <laughs> because we grew and the following year I was a different at a different trade show in New York with my product, Easy Daisies, him and his entourage came by from his company. And he said to me, Elaine, are you ready for my company to to distribute your product? And I said, yes. He said, will you make money? I said, yes. (laughs) And then he became my distributor for about, I want to say, five years. So that is how I got off our kitchen table. Wow. I do not use that manufacturer anymore. It's, that's a whole other story, but that is how it off, it just took off and we there.
0: But you know, and I think that that growth and evolution, it's so important to remember those key points, but also you've moved on, you've grown and evolved from them and you've gone to other manufacturers, maybe more has been brought in house, maybe, you know, but that growth and evolution is so important as you're listening and responding to your company. You know, one of one of the highlights that I remember is when you went in to Dragon's Den and you did a pitch and it was a successful pitch. Tell us a little and bit about, about that. Well, that was nerve wracking. Yeah, I think mean, that's probably <laughs> the entertainment of the episode.
1: Yes, we were very um, fortunate and blessed to actually be named one of the top five most heartwarming pitches in the history of the den. And it's probably because I had three stinking children with me. But we went to a trade show in Toronto for toys to wholesalers. And then it was there that retailers said to me, Elaine, you got to get off your kitchen table and you need to go on Dragon's Den. And I thought, what the heck? (laughs) I'm getting people seeing this show because it's not called the Nice People Show. And so we went home. And I think my husband must have been Googling it. And he turned and said, hey, Elaine, did you know that Dragon's Den is here on Saturday? It was Thursday. And so they started their nationwide auditions, and it was an hour, never moment. And I didn't tell anybody except for my in-laws that we were going to do this because I had to get out of working at their scrapbooking store at, on that Saturday. And so I brought our seven-year-old, our oldest, and my husband, and I brought an armful of product, and we had just come back from four days of me pitching my product to wholesalers. So I thought I got this; I can. I know what to say, I think, because I know I had to nail it in the first 45 seconds. So I remember being so nervous. But when we, I thought it was going to be like Dragon's Den with the up around the block. Heck no. We were like the seventh people in the room. And, and, but people kept pouring in and I went into school teacher mode, found a scrap piece of paper on the floor, ripped it up handed out numbers to people. People thought I worked for CBC and I said, oh no, I'm just number seven. <laughs> and so uh, when the pre arrived, they announced that they would only be calling back people at the end of the six weeks of nationwide auditions. And you'll only be called back if you are invited to the taping of the show in Toronto. And so I remember walking in and feeling so nervous. And it was pitching in front of two producers. I still remember their names because we're Instagram friends now. (laughs) But I was so nervous. I started to speak and I couldn't even get a second sentence out before they cut me off and said, aren't you too small to have investors? How much did you make last year? Boom, boom, boom. Like many, many, many questions. And I thought, oh my goodness, I did horrible. But my husband reminded me that I I answered everything. I answered every question and I was able to do it. Sure enough, six weeks later, we got a phone call and they said, bring the kids. And I thought they're two and a half, four and a half and seven and a half years old. She's like, oh, honey, it's a TV show, not a boardroom and bring them. So uh, we flew and we were told when we arrived that we had anywhere between five minutes to 45 minutes in front of the Dragon's depending on how it goes. And we were in front of them for just under 50 minutes, almost an hour. We were really fortunate to have aired because they say that not all the episodes will air, but we had almost 10 minutes of television time and it was crazy. And we all had bronchitis, except for my oldest and my two and a half year old threw up when we got there all over the floor. And I got down on my hands and knees, whipped it up and said, it could only get better. <laughs> but we did. We incited a bidding war between all five dragons and we chose two of them to be our partners.
0: And so Elaine, that's a moment where you said, okay, this company is bigger than just me and I have room for some, to share some of the equity, to have some outside partners. What was the impact of bringing in investors?
1: So for me, when my husband and I went on, you definitely do your research. You need to know who your investors are so that you know what they are bringing to the table. And I mean, we would have been grateful to have any of them. And I was looking for mentorship and expertise more than money because I just never liked to borrow money. But now that I've been in this for 10 years, I understand that is a reality of business and it's okay. So ladies and gentlemen who are listening, it was okay to borrow money when you are in business, especially if you have inventory and you know that you need to pay for your inventory up front. And then of course, there's some net terms, net 90s that will kill your cash flow. and you do need to borrow money and that's okay. So the impact from and right, happened right away. And I remember when it, we aired, the producer said, you know, monitor, keep track of your website. And it was crazy. I, I can't even remember but there's like hundreds of hits per second, per second on our website. And I think I had more sales during that 10 minutes <laughs> of our airing than months of sales. And it was crazy. But the, the greatest impact in, till today, and this is 10 years later, and we had three updates, which was a blessing, is credibility. It, it gives credibility. And that's something that I wouldn't have had without them. It's a different kind of credibility. It is when business people that make up those dragons are all wanting something you created that you are offering as a solution to families and busy moms and children with special needs and and busy families. And so we could have it on mute, playing in the background, and retailer buyers would stop because they recognize those individuals that are on Dragon's Den, whether they're American or Canadian. So it has just given a great help that way.
0: Are they still equity partners?
1: I have bought out one and I have kept one. (laughs) So Jim Living is still our business partner. Yes, Mr. Boston Pizza.
0: Are you allowed to talk about how much, what percentage he owns? Oh, absolutely. He owns 15%. 15%. And then you own the remaining 85 still. My husband owns a portion, but I'm the majority owner. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, I think that's really important. I think once a company starts getting some outside investors, sometimes they sell too much. And when they sell too much, they sell too many of the decisions to outside people.
1: Yes. And so... There's, there's many benefits of being the majority owner. So ladies keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think getting outside investors is not the only way to access capital. Absolutely and I think not. you're right. There, there comes a time in everybody's growth where they're going to need the money before they have the money. <laughs> That's the sayings are true. It takes money
1: to make money. Absolutely.
0: And so Richard, how, sure. how did that? That in fact, how did Jim, how has Jim helped your company? What did he do for you that you couldn't do for yourself?
1: That is a great question. I, I will say that they are more silent partners. They have always been more silent partners, but they are there for sure. If I had a question and if I was ever to change how the last 10 years have gone or even the first two years is I would have asked for more help. And so if I could tell anybody in the beginning, do that, ask. And I just wasn't that person. And I, if I could change that, I would have been. And so I did not bother them. But I will say that, so Kevin O'Leary and Jim were our our partners and they had right-hand men who dealt with investments. And so I would actually go through those gentlemen before I would bother Jim or Kevin. But I, I asked them so few questions in the year that I would just write to all of them, all four gentlemen, and always the first people who would write that would be Jim and Kevin. Interesting. Yeah, it was amazing. They're both brilliant, brilliant people who are self-starters. They created their own success. And that's what I admire and respect about all the dragons.
0: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things also that I love about watching your journey and is that you've kind of got a couple of different things in the go right now yes easy daisies is the main piece but you've got a course you've got a book there's your podcast first tell us about the course then tell us about the book And then tell us about the podcast. (laughs) Well, it is a little crazy. I do a little
1: bit here and there. I'm also uh, a regular guest expert, uh, a parenting and educational expert on different morning shows out here in BC, which I love and enjoy. It's funny, but they'll just ask me, can you talk about road trips and road trip snacks? Absolutely. (laughs) Can you give us five steps to best study habits that a child should have for back to school? For sure. And so it is crazy. The podcast is called Elaine's Kitchen Table. And so you can check that out at elaineskitchentable.com. And how that arose was my wonderful husband who said, hey, you know, you have like between six to 20 women who write to you a week saying, can I take you out for coffee and pick your brain because I want an audition for Dragon Stand or this or that, or what do I do with a product that idea? And I love coffee and I love helping people, but it's been, it was tricky, what, like meeting a complete stranger for three hours, like a couple of times a week when I had three kids and three small businesses and I just couldn't do it. And my husband's like, do podcasts and then just share everything you know there. And I, I love, there's a quote that says, you know, let your flame of knowledge light other people's candle of learning. I, something of that nature. I have butchered that statement, but that's <laughs> <laughs> I can go with it. <laughs> So so the podcast is this flame of knowledge that I'm trying to share and let other people light their flames on. And so that is how that podcast has how it came to be. And so Elaine's Kitchen Table. It is also called It was a a little bit rebranded to create better at Elaine's Kitchen Table. And that was after I had a stroke three years ago. As, As a result, I had the worst stutter. I still have a stutter. I just have learned to control it after seven months of stroke rehab, regaining my left side back. But the focus is about how to create better, how to create better family, health, business, and self. So we touch on all of it. And because my priority is to have... Tweaked a bit since that stroke, but yes. And then I did write a book and it's called sell your passion and you can get it on Amazon, but I share their seven principles that I share often when I'm consulting with women who are creating a product and, and they want to know how to sell it, but it just touches on so many lessons that I have learned and tweaked over 10 years on, you know, like how to be a storyteller, how to sell effortlessly and contagiously is basically what all these principles are about, how to be a triple threat. Because no one knew that I was a basketball coach for grade seven boys basketball for five years, (laughs) but to be a triple threat and what that means when you are selling something, whether it's a product or a service. So I talk about those secrets to selling effortlessly and contagiously, because that's what you want to be able to do. So it's a very quick and easy read. Yes, I'm a crazy woman. And I also just helped write a kindergarten activity book. It's going to launch nationwide this year into classrooms and across the country in retail stores. And it's called Classroom Ready. And it's the kindergarten edition. And so I'm very excited about that. And Sheila, if you had a kindergarten, I would send you a book. So let me know if there's a fourth child coming up. <laughs> I can assure you there's not. <laughs> but thank you for the <laughs> offer. You're welcome. <laughs> so I love, I love creating like this. I, I love it. I love speaking on stages. I've enjoyed the virtual platform recently. I think I spoke recently to an audience of 9,000 people. And it was good that was uh, online because I can see them, so it made me not so nervous. <laughs> but, but yes, and then I have an online course that I actually do live with the participants, and it's how to have the perfect pitch. And besides Dragon's Den, I've done other pitches that I've won, like with Kevin Harrington, the pitch tank. He was the founder of So he was one of the original Shark Tank Sharks, but he is also the founder of the infomercial. So when you are pitching, there are secret strategies that helps you to nail it, whether you're pitching to a retailer or an investor, a client, a corporate client. there There's a few things you just need to know and nail it and you will get it. So there's that course.
0: Good Lord, there's no grass growing under your feet. Can we talk a little bit about... The stroke and the impact on your business and how you got through that? Absolutely, for sure. So uh, I remember seeing the news on Facebook and just being floored. You know, you were, you're a healthy, you're a vibrant woman, you take good care of yourself. I know you've always worked hard. I think we've had that conversation a couple times. What was the immediate impact on your company and how did you work through it? Because you couldn't work, yet you had been the main the main woman. Absolutely. It was funny. So even though physically
1: my body changed, my brain changed because what a brain is, i uh, sorry, a stroke is, is a brain attack, not a heart attack. People get it confused. A stroke is when uh, blood flows cut off to parts of your brain due to a clot, but it causes immediate death to those brain cells. And so it is a, a medical emergency that needs to be treated right away. I am honored now to be a spokesperson for Heart and Stroke Foundation because it's the third leading cause of death in women, kills twice as many women as breast cancer, and we don't talk about it. We and we don't even know what it looks like. Wow. But you need to go right away. I did not. I did not go to the hospital until 14 hours after the onset of the stroke. When it first place. I did get my hands slapped lots. And so don't do that people. Mm -hmm. So I'm always grateful that I probably had lots of brain cells first, lost many millions through three pregnancies and the stroke has not helped it. (laughs) But but I remember being in the hospital thinking, okay, yeah, I, I know that I've lost my left side of my body and my face. Lying in that hospital bed, I thought, the stroke is completely inconvenient. <laughs> it's literally
0: what <laughs> <good. laughs> you honestly today at this time? It had to be today?
1: <laughs> it was not a good time. And I remember I was in the middle of shipping a, la- a large test order to one of the largest retailers in the USA. And it was really stressful. And I was launching that book, Sell Your Passion. I had two speaking engagements that I have plane tickets to. And I was hosting an annual conference that I used to run called the June League Women's Conference with twenty one speakers flying in like in two weeks and This is not the time to have a stroke and I remember I couldn't even have a laptop, and that that's why systems are important, so i I knew that you know orders were still being shipped out, but that I always handled the big new accounts and so I was so, so fabricated that I was trapped in this hospital no one was letting me do anything anything to get out of it everywhere I had to go I had to be on a wheelchair it was quite ridiculous i felt i felt like no no people who are really sick should be here not me but i remember talking to the cardiologist who had given me a flight ban because they discovered that i had something called a pfo patent foramen ovale so i went from learning fob and all these shipping terminologies to things like pfo and TEE, transesophical echocardiograph, which discovered that I had this hole in the atrium, the true atria of my heart, which allowed blood clots to go straight to my brain. So it actually was not my first stroke. It was probably my third stroke and it was getting bigger. So that was their concern. So then I had a heart procedure to, to fix that. But the, the cardiologist and I saw each other every day and I told him that I know he gave me a flight ban for three months. I couldn't drive for three months. And I said, you know what, that's great, but I have to fly to Edmonton because my my daughter has her volleyball nationals tournament in two weeks and it's like two weeks away, I'll be fine and I, I have to be there for her and he kept saying no, he kept saying no and I think maybe like seven days in a row I asked him and then he turned and he looked at me he said, Elaine, he goes, okay, he goes, you can go to your daughter's tournament or you could go to her wedding. Now she's 14. And I thought, wow, he's like really mean. Like this is a the thing to say. So he dropped his mic and he left the room. And I thought, you know, this is one of the many lessons I learned. And that first lesson was to put your time and energy where your heart is. And which means listening to the priority of your heart. Because your priorities of your heart exudes your passion, the impact that you're going to leave on this planet. And so to listen to the priorities of my heart at that moment meant saying no to being at my daughter's tournament. But saying yes to being there for her in the long run. And you know, when you are in business, you want to work with people who are aligned with the priorities of your heart. And what I mean by that is family is important to me. And I remember one of the first retailers that I wanted to get easy daisies into. I guessed at their email addresses and I wrote to the buyers and for six weeks I wrote to them and never heard back. And then I finally heard back and I was thrilling static. And they said, okay, let's have this meeting on this day at this time. And I ran over to the calendar to write it down, but I saw it was my son's great one end of the year concert. And I thought, oh gosh, I have to be there for my son. And so I sat, wrote this terrible email that broke my heart saying, thank you for this opportunity. I'm so sorry. I cannot make this date because it's, and I told them why. I, I know that sometimes people are afraid to say the truth of, you know, it's my like I have kids or this. No, no, please be you, be you. There is so much power in being a small business owner and you want to work with people who want to work with you. And so I wrote that and he wrote back saying, no problem, enjoy your son's concert and just call us when you are done. So that's exactly what I did. Concert done, ran to the car, sat in the parking lot at the school, and I called, called them. And his first question was, how was your son's concert? Awesome. And, and yeah, this is someone I wanted to work with and I'm honored. That Easy Daisies has been a bestseller at Staples Canada since August 2013. Awesome. So that was a blessing. The other retailer, the one that I was dealing with when I had a stroke in the hospital, I finally got a laptop about three or four days into the hospital and wrote to them, apologized for the, the late correspondence and there. And I probably downplayed, you know, that I'm in the hospital recovering from a stroke typing with my opposite hand, but because i'm left-handed and their one and only question was are you gonna meet the deadline and i get that i understand that it's business but i don't work with them anymore so there's so many lessons learned but that was one put your time and energy where your heart is for sure that means kick out the mom guilt the people pleasing and because not everything is urgent or important in fact very little is and when you learn to do this and master that, then you will start to do what you want to do, which is live a life by design and not by default, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be living things on other people's timelines and schedules. You want to design your life.
0: That's beautiful. Amen to that. Two more questions, then I'm going to let you go. I talk way too much. No, not even enough. There's like, I'm sitting here going, well, I really want to ask her like seven more questions, but I also, you know, (laughs) going to have to let her go at some point. So we might just have to have you back. But my um, second to last question is, what do you know now that you wished you knew 10 years ago? The first one is trust your gut. When in
1: business, trust your gut. When with people, trust your heart. And... Always go with that. I've had very expensive lessons where I went with people pulling on my heartstrings in business rather than going with my gut when my gut was saying, no, don't, don't do it, don't. And I do it because, and I have so many stories, right? 10 years of stories. Sheila, we're just going to have to have, you're just going to have to have me back, I think. percent <laughs> <100%. 100%. laughs> but, but yes, like very many expensive lessons. I I even had one was like a 10,000 US dollar lesson. That's like a painful university degree that I never got a diploma from, but then I did learn go with your gut. So trust your gut. If you do not feel comfortable shipping to somebody because they say they'll pay you later, don't do it. Even though they send you pictures of their children, don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. And the next one is there are three L's when it comes to survival as an entrepreneur. And and it, it goes with, Surrounding yourself with people, people that you can learn from, people that you can launch from, and people that you can feel loved. And so what I'm going to say, what i mean by that is you want to be able to be surrounded by smart people, people who have done it. People who may not have done it, but are very good at their expertise because we definitely are not experts at everything at all. My goodness. I mean, when you're a mom, you're an expert at everything, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) But, But in business, you're not an expert at everything. So surround yourself with smart people so you can learn from them. When I say surround people, want yourself from people that you can launch from. And I'm talking about people who have done what you want to do so that you can learn from them be inspired from them and launch like just take off because of this great energy that they have and lessons that they have passed on to you right and then that last one surround yourself with people who love you and what i mean by that is people who are going to lift you up that will encourage you and support you and not be a downer effect yeah So that's one thing that's very important and ask lots of questions. And that's one thing, like if I could tell myself like 10 years ago, ask, ask for help, ask lots of questions, ask
0: how, ask why, ask, ask, ask. I love it. Words to live by. Elaine, what's next for you in Easy Daisies? That is an excellent question. So
1: I have had quite a journey with Easy Daisies. I've had distributors, different distributors. I've licensed Easy Daisies twice to... Incredible large companies and I have, th- the beauty and blessing of licensing is you pass on your manufacturing distribution to that company and then you still own the trademark, but they do their thing with your products. The harsh side is you have let go of manufacturing and distribution. So quality of product sometimes is not what you want. So a uh, shorter version is I have taken it all back. So in some ways I actually feel like a startup again. But hopefully, not just older, but wiser. <laughs> and I am going to do my best to build it up, and and one day maybe we'll see what happens if I decide to license it in or let
0: sell it, baby,
1: sell it, baby, sell it. So we shall see. I'm still very passionate about it, and I would love if someone wanted to join in and say I have that same passion to help busy families and. Children just have easier days. That would be awesome. Uh, I love speaking on stages, so I will still do that and just coming alongside other women. And I, it just makes my heart happy. Just like you,
0: Sheila, you are a beautiful human. Uh, so happy to know you. Well, it's very mutual, my friend. I'm, uh, I'm in awe of what you have created. You've defied the odds. You've defied the odds that have been thrown against you and you've come out on top. Well, thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Lane, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. I'd love to connect with you in the Road to Seven Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions